their CG. Well, in our short time left, I do want us to continue along our gospel-centered series that we started. And believe it or not, it just happens that we are on the core value of gospel spreading the day that we begin our time here at Holy Child Rosemont. And so I pray that all of us will be revived to to recommit uh, our lives here, to refresh ourselves on why we're starting this new work here as Renewal Mainline. So here in the book of Acts, in this chapter, we see here uh, the first Gentile church being recorded. It takes place after Stephen is martyred, and as a result, this persecution arises in Jerusalem. And the believers, they began to be scattered. And now as they were scattered, they continued to preach the gospel wherever they were. And as a result, these Christian community groups started to form. And out of them, one of them in Antioch became the first church, the church there called Christians. And in light of that, the brothers at Jerusalem, they saw how God was moving there, so they sent Barnabas and later Paul, who taught and spent time with these people in the ways of God. And here we see this is where we get the first term, Christian. Before, they weren't labeled as such. So believe it or not, we have still three points, albeit shorter, I promise. And I want to talk about three things about the church. Number one, the church stems out of persecution. Number two, the church stems out of its people. And number three, the church stems out of a vision, from a vision for the unchurched, from a vision for the unchurched. Stems out of persecution, out of its people, and out of a vision for the unchurched. So number one, stems out of persecution. A year ago, on November 12th, today is November 11th, literally almost a year ago from today, we had our our final service at St. Catherine's Day School. Now, we didn't know back then that it was going to be our last service there, but God did. And so the week after, we had our official launch service as Renewal Mainline at Delaware County Christian School, and and we took that step in faith. We did it in faith, knowing that God was still wanting us to continue this work. But at the same time, many of us were asking questions like, why? What's going on, God? I thought this is what you wanted. Why would you take this from us. And so during that time, I answered that question with six answers. I'm not going to share all of them, but I'm going to just remind us of one of those answers, the answers to why, what's going on here, God? And here it is. It was to force us to not hope in any man or building or location, but in Christ as the cornerstone of renewal mainline. That was one such answer that I gave to the church. This past year has been most important for us. It's been a year of growth uh, numerically, uh, relationally, and spiritually. Uh, Some of our community groups are bursting at its seams. Uh, If you remember, we wrestled over these theological doctrines in the book of Romans together, Uh, We brought on people to serve in various ways, ways that they've never served before. 
We also praise God that we're financially stable within the first year. And on and on, we have a list of things that God has been doing. Now, let me ask, how did all this happen? How did all of these things happen? It wasn't because we had the building we originally wanted. It wasn't because we had the senior pastor we originally wanted because we began this work without calling such a person. How did all these things happen this year? It happened because God stripped us of whatever we look to for our hope so that we ultimately hope in Jesus Christ. Again, the cornerstone of this church And we saw this year in a very prominent way that it is he who builds this church. How did the first Gentile church come about in Acts 11? If you look with me in verse 19, it says that these believers, they were scattered all throughout the region because of persecution. They were driven out from their place. But knowing that God still gave them a message, wherever they were sent, they continued to proclaim the gospel. And it is from that experience of suffering and persecution, we see the first church being formed. Men of Cyprus, men of Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Second point, the church stems out of its own people. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus began the church in Jerusalem, if you want to consider how he called his first disciples together, let me ask you, who planted the first church? Who started, who began the first church? And if you had to guess, who would you have guessed? Would it be Paul? The famous apostle missionary, would it be Peter or perhaps John or perhaps one of his disciples? And the answer is none of them. It wasn't started by the disciples, the apostles, not Paul, not Barnabas. But as we clearly in our passage, it was started by ordinary Christians, by people like us who are scattered throughout the region, and they're committed to the task of proclaiming the gospel, and it is through them that God starts his church. And one of the questions that we asked ourselves when we began Renewal Mainline was the question of, should we find and hire a senior pastor first so that we can begin this work? And as our church prayed, we felt the Lord calling us to begin this work and trust that God will provide. Well, let me encourage you. That is exactly how the first church started. They did not call Paul or Barnabas or a senior pastor, but the gospel itself was what they trusted and depended on as they began this church in Antioch. And as they continued to live out their faith, it was only later that God would send Barnabas, God would send Paul, also that they too can go somewhere else and plant more churches. We are following the model of the church. So do you know how churches birth? It happens when a small group of Christians in Devon 
feel called to leave their comfort zones to begin a new work. It starts when a bunch of brothers and sisters in a very well-run church in West Philadelphia feel convicted to leave their roots to begin a new work, to bring the gospel to the people around them. It happens when, like the believers in verse 19, when they're scattered because of opposition, but still moving from one place to the next, they still preach and proclaim the gospel. The church happens when they still continue to proclaim the gospel wherever God sends them. A church becomes born when the non-pastors, the non-missionaries, begin to seek God's kingdom even over their own lives. It happens when a handful of guys are willing to come an hour early on Sunday morning to clear out the tables in the cafeteria. It happens when somebody from your community group takes a weeknight to meet with two other brothers or sisters to pray together, to show them the love of God, to study God's word. It happens when a family sits down with their kids and makes these med packs together and teaches them that there are brothers and sisters all around the world who are being persecuted for their faith. It happens when we all gather and we pray together. It happens when the RCF, the college students, wake up early on Saturday morning when they could be doing many other things to gather together to pray for their campuses, to pray for their lost fellow students. That's how the church forms. It doesn't start necessarily by one specialized person, but happens by ordinary believers. And that's how I believe our church will continue to grow spiritually, relationally, and even numerically. So we will accomplish our vision, not primarily through the most gifted person who has all the knowledge and experiences of church planting, not because we have the best facilities or the best programs, but because we have small groups of Christians willing to put God's kingdom before their own. John Piper once said, people who make a difference in the world are not people who mastered a lot of things, but they are people who have been mastered by a very few things, a few great things. We have a very great, great gospel. Amen? So let us ordinary Christians be mastered by an extraordinary gospel and be faithful with the little things. Finally, the church stems out of a vision for the unchurched. Well, so as the early church began to form, its news began to spread it spread to the believers in Jerusalem, and as a result, they sent Barnabas to check out what's going on in Antioch. If you look at verse 23, it says, When Barnabas came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He saw God's grace upon this church, and he praised God for it. And now, what was his exhortation to the church? What does he tell them to do? And it's going to be the same encouragement I give to all of you today. He says, at the end of verse 23, he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. 
to remain faithful in the purpose that God had given them as they began this church. And what is our purpose? What was it that brought our two congregations together? Leslie Newbegin, he's a very well-known missionary and church planter. Uh, he once visited a church, a church that was struggling one Sunday, and afterwards he gathered the elders into a room, and he asked them a question. The question was, what is this church for? What is this church for? There was a moment of silence, but then later one of the elders replied, this church caters to the needs of its members. And to that, Newbegin responded, then this church should be dissolved because the church does not exist for its members. Similarly, William Temple, an archbishop, says the same thing. The church, the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. It's the only society in the world that exists not only for its own people, but primarily for the people outside of its walls. So Renewal Mainline, our church does not exist to provide the best church experience with tightly run ministries and impressive programs, but through them, we seek to train and equip people for God's kingdom. Our church's goal is not to have the most exciting children's ministry so people can see just how well-churched our children are, but we seek to disciple our children in a way that they likewise will share the love of Christ to their friends, to their classmates. Our church does not exist to become a great church in our mission statement, in our vision. We intentionally did not write church, but we rather wrote Renewal is to be a movement because our goal is not to become a great church. We want to see a movement as our brothers and sisters go from one place to the next, that they too will form these communities, form these congregations so that more and more people will hear this gospel message. And so as each one of us recommit to the mission of this church, may we no longer consider ourselves with our former identities, no longer former Devon member or West Philly or RCF student, but as Christians committed to this gospel task, the same way that these people were at Antioch. And as we do, May we be encouraged by the promise that Jesus gives. He says, if you seek God's kingdom, if you seek his church first, not your own, here's the promise. He says, I will be with you until the end of age. Let's hold on to that promise as we continue to do this gospel work in this place. Let's pray.